Base Sports Performance is an athlete and personal training facility located in Hernando, Mississippi that specializes in athletic development through strength and conditioning, speed and agility, and movement-based training. They offer individualized programs for adults as well as professional, collegiate, high school, and youth athletes. Some of their program options include athlete performance training, small group personal training, return from injury programs, throwing and pitching development for baseball players. The best place to check them out is on Instagram, at base underscore sports underscore performance. Website is basesportsperformance.com. Their email address is base period sports performance at gmail.com and phone number is 662-292-7761. I'm personally using them for a return from injury program and we have had many in off the bench guests who have used them for their pitching development. So check them out today. Welcome, everybody, to the In Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Randy Jowers, and this is episode 17 titled Spring Cleaning. That's right. We have on two guests from the University of Tennessee baseball team. We have on Mr. Drew Gilbert and Trey Lipscomb, and they have been doing nothing but spring cleaning in the SEC, and we want to talk to them about it, get a little backstory on Trey. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to our guest with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Mr. Drew Gilbert and Trey Lipscomb. Gentlemen, Trey, what's going on? Hey, how we doing? Uh, Not too bad. What about you, Drew? How we doing? I'm doing good. Can't complain. All right, fellas, we got to go right to it, man. Me and Randy absolutely hate Florida. I don't even know if hate is a strong enough word. They make us nauseous. There's nothing to like about them. So to have y'all come on right after you sweep them in their house, uh, fantastic timing. Couldn't ask for a better time to have you guys on. But, Drew, I got to start with you, man. I have a lot of guys who hit me up on our podcast group page, and they want to know about your celebration that you do at second base. And I know, uh, you know, it says the John, it's hashtag baby John. Explain <laughs> that celebration so I can have a better explanation of it when people ask me about it. Well, I mean, I guess to start off with that, you know, I, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, there's no real, like, meaning behind it. Um, so, with that being said, I got the word John from the movie Creed with the boxing one with Michael B. Jordan in it, the first one. Uh, I know him and his girlfriend, they're at a restaurant, and she kept saying the word Jean, and he was wondering what that meant. And she said it can be literally anything you want it to be. So I called that the Jean, right? And I just kind of rolled from there. Man, that's that's pretty deep there, Drew. I'm a little impressed. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. But, yeah, no, like, you know, the celebration, and, and, uh, and there's the clips of you, and, and people ask me, and I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I love it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what started it. But, but uh, you know, sp- speaking of celebrations, Trey, man, we talk about the fur coat with every guest that comes on from Tennessee. But, you know, there seems to be a consensus around that nobody wears it better than you. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I was the first to wear it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool to wear it when you come into the dugout. I mean, we had an incident where we couldn't wear it or something. So, one of the umpires tried to take it away from us, but 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think everybody out there looks good in it. Um, I think, honestly, if you just get one person to wear it rather than, like, one more at a time, I think it's pretty cool. What's yeah. that thing well, smell see, like, Trey? It seems like he's wearing it twice a weekend. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What's that thing smell like, though, man? All y'all sweating out there, putting that coat on? Oh, I mean, it's just, it just smells like determination. oh that's what's up well just so you know your teammates think you look the best in it so uh, you played the humble card it's all good all right drew one more thing before we get into trey's backstory man um you know it's been confirmed by about 10 guests we've had whether they've been your teammates or it's been team usa they think you need to be put into a padded room, my guy. Like, <laughs> what is it that makes you so scary and, and intimidating? Because I've seen you twice now. I've seen you the whole series in, in Oxford against Ole Miss. I saw you at the Shriners Classic. I'm not seeing this crazy psychopath that everybody describes. What am I missing, bro? I don't know. I feel like I'm, you know, obviously a little different off the field. You can't really, you know, I feel like I can't be, you know, that crazy psycho, whatever you want to call it off the field you know I feel like I kind of tone it down to the point where when I get on the field I just kind of unleash it you know I don't really you know I don't really try to be anyone but myself and I guess it's trying to kind of who I am yeah no doubt that's the first thing I told people I said he was walking up to the kids taking pictures smiling on his face I said we've talked to him on the podcast he was as normal as to be I was like I, I don't know I don't get it I <laughs> just I just need to stay away from the field with you that way I don't catch the bad side of you <laughs> but, but with that, Drew, we've had, uh, you know, your your episode before and got your backstory. So we're going to jump into you for a minute, Trey, and uh, get get some uh, backstory on you. Where is it you're from? I'm from Frederick, Maryland. Um, I've lived there for the past, I want to say, five years. But I guess for those years, I've been in actual Knoxville, Tennessee. Ah. So I do, I do call that home. That, that Maryland flag behind you, man? It is a Maryland flag, DMV. There it is. All right, so Trey, one of the things that you will find when looking you up is it does not say your name is Trey. So give, give us a little backstory on how you became Trey. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so my real name is LaVictor Le- Le- Antoine Lipscomb. Um, some, most people call me Trey, but I don't know. Some people on the team like to call me Vic. I don't know. It's kind of stuck a while. But my name is Trey because I'm the third. So it's my dad is the junior, and then his dad is just the OG. So it just trickles down, and I become the third, and then that's how I got Trey. I gotcha. And so speaking of family, man, did you have any uh, athletes in your family that, that passed down these awesome genes you got? Yeah, no, my mom, she played basketball up until like high school. She was a all-state player in basketball. And then my dad actually wrestled, wrestled in high school, played football in high school. And then when he got to college, he wrestled at the University of Citadel for four years. Did your mom used to hoop on you in the driveway? Nah, nah she, as a child, she knew she didn't want to mess with me. <laughs> don't lie don't lie to us right? you guys she used to ball out on you so with that you know I, I i was reading up you know obviously baseball wasn't your only sport talk to me about what all sports you played growing up yeah no i mean i kind of played everything i played basketball i played i did wrestling um baseball of course and football but um yeah i played all those up until i guess my sophomore year i finally stopped wrestling and uh, focus on baseball, and then kind of with the, all the other sports, football, same same thing, and then just focus on baseball. But I enjoyed playing them all. Um, and then my senior year, I was like, I kind of want to play football again. You know, the student section was kind of crazy for Maryland, I guess, and 200 students. Now I look at the student section at Tennessee, and it's like close to like 2,000. But wow. anyway, no, it was pretty cool. I played my senior year, 
did a, had a fun experience and just played baseball ever since. So random question because you talk about wrestling. You think you could take Drew in a wrestling match? Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, Drew didn't even put up a fight. There's no, uh, there's no debate there. I'm not. If, if he knows how to wrestle, I'm just not beating. I'm just not beating. But, but Drew, if I remember, you played hockey, right? Yeah, and I'm a confident kid too. I feel like I can hold my own. You know, majority of people. But I mean, if you know how to wrestle, you know how to get someone on the ground, and that's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Uh, very nice way, way to play the humble card. Drew, Drew's going to tell us afterward he'd take you, but no. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, so, you know, you played football, basketball, baseball, wrestled, you know, everything. You know, obviously baseball is what you play now, but was that your favorite of all of them? Uh, Yeah, when it really came down to it, um, I really liked playing the game of baseball. It was fun. I mean, my dad always wrestled growing up, so he kind of wanted me to wrestle, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like – what I wanted to do and what uh, sport made me have the most fun. All right. And so with that, you know, let's talk about it. Uh, what high school did you go to? I went to Urbana High School for my sophomore year through my senior year. And then my freshman year, I went to this school in North Carolina called Panther Creek. It's right next to Cary, right next to the USA facility, just for my freshman year. Though. So I got to know what it's like. All right. Because I played football. I was not a baseball player. I don't know what it would feel like to have seven touchdowns in one game, my guy. Tell, tell me what that's like. Oh, I mean, it was cool. The only reason I had seven touchdowns is because I was at quarterback and I threw three touchdowns and also threw three picks. So they were like, oh, let's just put him at wide receiver. So then I went to wide receiver and then I caught the rest of the four touchdowns. I think that's even more impressive. What do you think, Randy? <laughs> Hold mean, up. How, so you threw three. How, what was the final score of this game? Uh, honestly, I can't remember. It was senior night, though. There was a lot of points being scored that night. Oh, yeah, both ways. He, hey, he tried to make it sound like it was less impressive because he played a different position. I, I think it became more impressive. more impressive. Did you moss yeah. anybody that night, though? No, nah, they were all just catching stride touchdowns. Oh, they couldn't keep up. You were too quick. I see. Quick <laughs> all right, so as far as baseball, man, you were tabbed the number five overall prospect, the number one shortstop in Maryland um, in the 2018 class by Perfect Game. Um, you know, you batted 473 with eight home runs your senior year with a 1.12 ERA. You were 2018 Rawlings Perfect Game Honorable Mention, two-time Frederick News Post Player of the Year, named MSABC Player of the Year, um, led Urbana to a 2018 district title. Like, I mean, so many accolades here, man. Just talk to me about your success in high school playing baseball. No, it was fun. I had a really good coach. His name was Mike Frauenfelter. Um he kind of just, I don't know, he was always there for me. Um, and so for my dad, like, when my dad, like, wasn't able to be at, like, the high school field with me and Coach Frankfurt was there, he kind of just, like, another another mentor that really helped me. And um, as we kept going along, we started scheduling a better competition against some of the private schools in uh, Maryland, like St. John's and DeMatha and Gonzaga, like, all of those teams. So that only just made, like, not only me better, but just him coaching-wise better and the team better. But um, the success was cool. I really, I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it, but in high school, it's kind of like you're the big talk of the town, like in high school, and then you get to a campus at Tennessee and the SEC where everybody's just the same as you or if not even better. Yeah, I can understand that. And, you know, most guys, you know, play a lot of travel ball. When I was looking, I didn't really see much uh, as far as travel ball. Did you play travel ball as well? Yeah, I played travel ball for Five Star National out of Warner Robins, Georgia. And uh, like most of these guys, did you happen to, like, play with the guy, a lot of guys that you now play with or against, you know, coming across a lot of familiar faces? 
Yeah, well, on that five-star team, it was Austin Knight, who's now in Charlotte, and then Max Ferguson, who got drafted by the Padres last year, who was in Tennessee. Ne- never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my last question for you, and then I'm going to let Randy get to Drew, you know, with the success you had, at what point did colleges start to approach you, and ultimately what made you choose Tennessee? Uh, to be honest, I kind of just went out on my own and did it. Um, I came to a few camps at Tennessee, um, and they were like, come to another camp, and then come to another camp, and I kept coming to – eventually my last camp came around, and I was like, okay, I might as well just go here. I mean, I spent probably like $1,000 on this camp money, or my family spent $1,000 on camp money. So I might as well just, I guess, we just put it towards tuition, I guess. But, um, no, I knew Coach Rotella was a recruiter uh, and Josh Elander, and they're great guys, and they just preach family the whole time. That's meant a lot to me. So, Drew, man, we're going to talk about your individual play and the stats. But first, man, you know, you've been on before, obviously, and you got you said that this team was going to stay legit. You'd Obviously, you give the credence to the guys that came before you. But even you, man, knowing that you're a senior, you know, not a senior leader, a, a leader on this team, did you could you foresee thirty seven and three in this historical seventeen and one start, setting all these records? Did you see this historical pace from you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, before the season, you try not to look at like, you know, maybe exact records or like, you know, oh, we're gonna be so good. I mean, I think you kind of try to avoid that because always, you know, there's always some unknown before you actually face, you know, some real competition consistently. But we knew we had some talent and. I think kind of early in the season, we kind of started to see like, you know, hey, these these pieces are pretty good. And, you know, it's kind of looking like how we thought it could. And, um, you know, I think we've kind of just been building on that. And, um, you know, the big thing for us is we just try to get better every single day. You know, as really Matt, we don't care who we're playing. We respect all of our, all of our opponents. And, um, you know, we treat each game uh, like it's the last game of the year. No, absolutely. You talked about that respecting the opponent. Obviously, there's that's – that's not always well known across the land, but you know it's uh, it's polarizing for sure. But I'm glad to hear you say that because I definitely Jim and I both defend you guys on a regular basis. It's not about disrespect; it's about being a competitor. So I love that about this team. Mm-hmm. The Shriners Classic. Talk about that. Obviously, you know you run into an injury, but what's it like playing in a in a big stadium with some of the best teams in the country and getting to showcase that talent? Yeah, I mean that was pretty cool. I think all of us were, you know, pretty excited to be able to play at Minute Maid and. Uh, you know, it's a super cool park, and obviously we've all watched, you know, the Astros in the World Series and whatnot, so being able to play there is pretty cool. And, um, you know, obviously we got to play some pretty good competition in Texas, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Um, all, you know, obviously we've played Texas before, but playing Oklahoma and Baylor, we haven't played them before. Um, you know, it was a really fun weekend, and I think we learned a lot about our team. Would you guys love it to play Texas again, though? Yeah, for sure. Why not? They're a really good team. You know, why wouldn't we want to play them again, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So let's talk about this lineup, man. Obviously, a great lineup last year. We talked about that. But this lineup, top to bottom, just nasty. But talks about you specifically, bat in the four hole. How comforting is it for you to know that you got Jordan back in front of you and Trey Lipscomb behind you? Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. You got, you know, a guy in front of me that's going to get paid and a guy behind me that's going to get paid, right? So, um, you know, a lot of power in front and behind me. So I feel like I don't gotta, I don't gotta try to produce too much power. <laughs> well, that's evident. We're gonna. So let's talk about that. Your batting average. You're 346, 32 runs, 38 RBIs. I'm gonna say only, only four bombs, but 12 doubles, four triples, and that's with the time missed to injury. So let me ask you: Is your approach? You just talked about it. You don't have to have as much power. Has your approach changed at the plate this year, knowing what's in front of you and behind you? Yeah, I would say. You know, it wasn't necessarily because, you know, of what's in front or 
you know, behind me. I think it's more so just, you know, not trying to, you know, hit the ball 500 feet every time I'm up there and honestly just trying to get on base as much as I possibly can because, I mean, it feels like every time I'm on base, I'm not kidding. It feels like I score right the next batter because Trey's behind me. Well, when no. you score, when you get a triple, I'm not, I'm not, I've, told him, I've told him that before too, so he knows <laughs> I'm not lying. No, no. <laughs> speaking facts, he's speaking facts. Absolutely, you know, you talked about that the hit, trying to hit 500 foot. We're still not sure. We had you on a while back, and I'm still not sure the ball landed from the last year's regional. But I mean, we <laughs> talked about we saw a lot of bat flips last year, a lot of TikToks made. Are you saving those for the postseason now, Drew? Oh, I got to save them for the right. I got to know what's going out first, you know, because yeah. I, I hit one this last weekend and it was like 150 mile an hour winds blowing in, so. You know, I was felt like I was on second base before the ball landed. So, got to save me, the right time. Let me ask you a question, and this wasn't in our notes. Did you think Fabian's ball was going out before your teammate decided to just rob him? Well, I, I mean, I knew it had, like, the trajectory to go out, but I saw he had a really good, like, read on it. And I was, I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, no way he's about to do this. No way he's about to do this. And then he kept getting closer to it, and I'm like, Oh, he's about to do this. I, I uh, texted Randy and I messaged Christian today. It was the most unfortunate series of events. I was streaming it from my phone. And what if I told you as it was going back to the wall, my screen froze. And so I didn't even get to see it. And then he messages me through. He's like, clutch catch, game time sweep, all that stuff. I'm like, dude, I missed it. Yeah, I said I a lot of expletive, actually. <laughs> I was like, F Florida, F the whole state of Florida. <laughs> All that stuff. But, look, man, we asked Evan, you know, as being obviously you guys are veteran leaders on this team, um, how good did the Vandy sweep feel specifically for you guys? And he kind of talked about it. You know, you, you guys went in before, you know, as younger players, you know, looking to steal one, maybe get two. But this weekend you guys went in with the intention for a sweep, intention to do damage. How good did that feel? Trey? Uh, <laughs> sure. No, nah, it, felt, it felt good because they came into our home last year and they took the series from us. So it only felt right for us to go down there and then win the series and even better get the sweep. Absolutely. And, look, obviously, you know, that's the same series, Drew, that, you know, there was – wasn't either one of you guys, but obviously we know about the bat sticker incident. We don't have to talk a lot about that. But I can imagine that even after that, you know, Jordan Beck even said it, doesn't matter, give us wood bats and all that other stuff. But for you guys to go get – win the game after that happened and then win two more, I imagine it had to be even sweeter for you, right, Drew? Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Just a little fertilizer. <laughs> well, one more question uh, before I get to Trey. How I'm talking about Evan, how impressed are you by that guy who used to play beside you in the outfield? So now he's taking on, you know, the role of catcher, but just the catch the pitchers that he's catching for, man. How's how has that adjustment been for you guys and how impressed have you guys been with him? Yeah, no, it's been I mean, honestly, it's been remarkable how quickly he's been able to I mean, obviously he's caught before in the past, but it's been you know, three years since he's what done it consistently. And even, even my dad tells me about, you know, how impressive he thinks it is, how quickly he, you know, picked up that position. And, um, you know, it's very evident guys like thrown to him. Obviously he's a great leader. Um, you know, he's done an incredible job and, um, you know, he keeps getting better every single day. Well, I said one more question, but I do have one. This can be for either one of you guys. And I don't know. I saw Evans, uh, I guess it was on Snapchat wearing the Gator helmet. Were you guys wearing Gator helmets too? <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I can't say I was a part of it, but I did like the view of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trey, moving over to you for a second, you know, you kind of talked about getting to Knoxville, going to the camps and everything. What was it like when you finally got there, you know, as a student, as an athlete there? No, it was pretty cool because once I got here, I just knew I needed to get better. Um, I knew that the people in front of me were been working just as hard as I was going to work for the past three years. And it was their time that I needed a little bit of time just to 
get my feet under myself and kind of just figure out what this game of baseball was going to mean for these next upcoming years. Absolutely, man. So you did something a lot of guys, especially now in the uh, the transfer portal era, that they really don't do. You waited your time. You're playing behind an All-American, so obviously it's not like, you know, you're playing in front of a guy that's, you know, a scrub or anything. But how were you specifically able to stay patient and just, you know, wait your turn? Yeah, like you said, I played behind an All-American. That was Jake Rucker. And then before Jake Rucker, there was Andre Lipschitz, who was also another All-American. And so, honestly – Lipschitz. Just, I've never heard of a guy named Lipschitz. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this, they both hit a lot of home runs while they were <laughs> touch um, the plate. Right. <laughs> no, it's um, but it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that um I wasn't pissed off like when I would go to bed every night that I wasn't getting any playing time, but I think it definitely helped in the long run because I needed to get better tremendously. Absolutely. And I mean, just you know, kind of being behind those guys, right? So I imagine you learned a lot in your time just observing and, and also, you know, be having veteran leaders like that you know, just being amazing teammates, but learning from guys like, you know, Rucker and Liam Spence, obviously you said Max Ferguson, you know, Connor Pavlone, and these guys too, right? Evan Drew and all those guys. So how much did that prepare you for the moment you're in now? No, it definitely prepared me a lot. I mean, it's kind of hard um, not liking coming to the field when your team's winning and you go to Omaha and you see these guys just with smiles on their faces. It's kind of hard not to have a smile on your face as well, even if you're not playing. But um, it definitely, it helped me because I've seen um, – the amount of work they put in and how they were having success. So I just knew that if I kept putting in the work and then success would finally come. And here it is. Yeah. Speaking of success. So talk a little about your individual stats here, batting 358, 16 home runs, 11 RBIs, 61 RBIs, 11 doubles, my friend. Uh, that, what I, I'm sorry. 16 homers, <laughs> 11 doubles, 61 RBIs, 43 runs. I mean, those are crazy stats, man. So, I mean, we talked about the waiting so patiently. How much sweeter does it feel to know how long you've waited to get this moment and be capitalizing? No, it feels it feels really, really good. Um, but like I said earlier, I've always known I could do this. I mean, in summer ball, I've just gone out there the last two years and just played baseball because at the end of the day, it's just a baseball game. You're just going to, like Drew said, you're just going to be competing against hopefully even better people, that which makes you even better. Right, right. Well, so let me ask you, for you personally, what has been your favorite series this far? Thus far, uh, I don't know. The Florida one's kind of hard not to not to like that one, just because of the Sunday game. It was uh, it was pretty gritty, and then C- Coach V coming back and we give him just a few more extra innings of baseball, which I know he loved. Man, I actually texted in our podcast group chat when y'all were down. I said it's time to fire Tony V. They were on a roll without him. He's got to get out of here. And then actually to have him address it afterwards, he said, "I'm really glad the guys bailed me out." Because people might have been calling from a job had I lost the game. <laughs> I come back and they lose. But but look, let me tell you guys. Let me tell you about his dedication. You know, I told you I was watching from a phone. So was he. My man was at a softball game in Starkville, took his daughter there to see one of our guests. And my man was streaming the whole time, texting still about the game, didn't miss a beat. So oh, yeah. got to give him his due. Yeah, absolutely. I had I was actually sitting in the outfield watching Auburn and Mississippi State, and Bradley St. Clair, one of our guests, we're watching her. My daughter's asking me what's going on in their game, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm watching Tennessee. They got bases loaded, four to one. We're about to come back and win this thing. And she done, she done gave up on you, man. I got to be honest, she's not a big fan. No, but uh, so for you, for you as an individual, how does obviously the job's not done, right, Trey? So how do you guys keep your foot on the gas and not get complacent and rest on the success you've had? Uh, like Drew said earlier, just coming to the field and wanting to get better every day. Um, we know that as the season goes, it's kind of going to be like a bunch of leaders that finally just go out there and play, and then kind of the coaches just sit back and 
not relax, but kind of just let their players go out there and do what they do. I'm glad that you mentioned the coaches thing because obviously a lot gets talked about with Tony V. And I'll ask you specifically, we've asked Drew before, we've asked every Tennessee player, how much fun is it playing for Tony V? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, not only Coach Vitello, but all the other coaches right behind him. Um, that guy, Coach Vitello, goes out there, as you guys have seen, like with the whole bat thing and then the whole Chase Dallinger getting hit in the, in the wrist or the elbow. Uh, he's going to have your back no matter what happens, even if you're wrong and if you think you're wrong, he's going to go out there and he's going to have your back. Um, I think that's the pretty cool thing about him is he's always going to be there for you, and that so goes for all the other coaches as well. I mean, the guy is like a rock star. So, obviously, he gets suspended for the four games for the chest bump in the umpire, and then he goes out and does a fundraiser, $2 a chest bump on campus. Then we see him down when you guys are down there. He's watching tennis matches. I mean, the guy knows how to – he knows how to do it, man. He's a politician out here. I like it. <laughs> how much fun is that stuff? When you guys see that, I'm sure you see Twitter. You know, people say, I don't read that stuff, but I'm sure you see it. But, I mean, to see your coach out there doing $2 chest bumps, man, what's that like? Uh, it's pretty cool because not only is he, like does he show love towards like the baseball team, but he also shows love towards the campus. Which I mean, as a head coach, the more people you get to like you, I guess the better you all be. Bro, I saw him sitting courtside wearing the Zakai, yeah, the jersey, man. <laughs> that guy's got it going on. I think he was wearing some safari pants, though. I'm not sure what was going on there, but the jersey was legit. No, uh, we still gotta talk to him because he still be wearing them J's a little too tight and tiny. Hey, he's the first one to actually take a shot at Tony B. I love it. No, but he's got swag and we love him. Has he hey. ever put the fur coat on though? Uh yes, he has. He, he definitely oh, has. Yeah. Oh yeah. I need to I need to see a picture. <laughs> That's the picture. Pavaloni still says he has more swag than Tony V. That's all I know. Oh, uh, that's – I don't even know if Pav could say that with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't believe it when he said it. He actually tried to tell us – Drew, he actually tried to tell us on his um, – when they came back to talk after they got drafted, he said he's never paid attention to Tony Swagger. That's, he, he literally looked at us and tried to tell us that. I mean, I – he might be serious when he says that. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He locked in. 90. That's the governor. Yeah, he's the, the general, actually. So <laughs> That dude's got so many nicknames. All right, so, man, I just wanted to tell both of you guys, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I saw you in Houston. I saw you in Oxford. Uh, I want to thank you both guys for uh, taking pictures, signing balls, uh, my son. And I, and I bring that up because me and Randy have spent so much time, um, whether it's been friends that we know or it's been on social media, because uh, everyone's trying to villainize you for having fun, for winning. Um, it's basically everyone's a hater. And, uh, and we tell them that we talk to you guys, we, we see you in person, we have you on these podcasts, and you're amazing individuals. But, you know, because you do a bat flip or, you know, touch a finger on a plate or whatever, apparently you're like a, a serial killer. Like, that's, that's the way they act. And so uh, I just appreciate you guys for who y'all are, and I love this team and the way I play. And like I said, the the two series we're at, y'all took pictures uh, with my kid, um, signed the ball and everything. And so I just wanted to thank y'all personally for that. Um, but with that, man, it's time to play a game. Uh, it's called This or That. Drew, you've played before, but you get to play again. Trey, you down to play? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right, so it's very simple. It's called This or That. I'm going to give you two options. You pick one or the other. You can't say neither. You can't say both. We'll go Trey, then Drew on every uh, question. That way we don't get confused. So we'll start. Would you rather have no phone or no TV? No TV. 
No TV. Pretty simple. Oh, we start with softball questions. Would you rather be the passenger or be the driver? The driver. Driver. All right. So here's where it starts to get a little rough, fellas. One has to go. The daddy hat or the fur coat? Oh. I got to go with uh, – I got to go with the daddy hat. I think the fur yeah. coat. The, the fur daddy coat. hat. Daddy hat for sure. Man, <laughs> Evan Evan says the daddy hat has to stay, and I said I, I feel like Evan made the daddy hat famous. I obviously know he wasn't the first one, but when you when you look at the pictures, it almost seems like he's the one that made it iconic. Um, what do you prefer, day games or night games? Uh, definitely night games. Yeah, night games. I got a question for that. I got you know in the Vandy series. I'm sorry to bring this up and being petty, but you know a lot of the a lot was made. I mean, you look, Drew, you being an outfielder, a lot was made that they couldn't see the ball. Is there any truth to that, Drew? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some truth to that. I feel like there's a certain time, like, at night where it gets, you know, if a ball gets hit up in the air, it gets pretty tough to see. So, I think I, kind I of didn't, I didn't see y'all drop any. I'm just Yeah, saying. well, the commentator made it a point, Randy. Drew actually caught a ball in almost the exact same spot the next inning and had no trouble. So, you know, I can only go based on what I saw. 1-1 <laughs> one, one uh, got it there. There's 1-1. One, one. All right, guys, here's another tough one. What's better, Luke touching the plate with one finger or checking his bat after his home run? <laughs> Definitely checking his bat. Yeah, I, yeah, checking the bat. All right, this next question, we kind of took it off the, the this or that list, but it's actually because I went and saw you guys that it came back, and I'll explain why after I ask. So, Trey, is a hot dog a sandwich – no, a hot dog is a glizzy, and it's a glizzy only. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a sandwich or nothing. It's just it's just called a glizzy. <laughs> yeah, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Of it course, of, of course, Daniel's not here, Randy. When we get that kind of explanation, he we needed that. But I'm going to tell you guys why it is. Because at the Shriners Classic in Houston, they had a hot dog sandwich. Now, Randy says this doesn't qualify because they mixed it around, but. They took two hot dogs and they split them in half. So it's four across, across toasted bread with, you know, all the condiments on it. And I actually had it while I was watching you guys play that first night. And so I now believe a hot dog is sandwich. I've been swayed just because I went and watched you guys in Houston. So I'm <laughs> completely on the opposite side now. <laughs> I'm not uh, buying it, guys. <laughs> yeah, Randy actually thinks I made it from at home and took it there and took a picture of Once it. Once you cut it in half, it's no longer even a hot dog. Is is uh, let me ask you guys? So Trey, you said it's own category. Is a hamburger its own category? Or is it a sandwich? No, that's a sandwich. Drew, sandwich. yeah, that's a sandwich. All right, all right, respect it. All right, Trey, would you rather be book smart or street smart? Uh, well, I feel like I'm pretty street smart, so I would say book smart. <laughs> Hmm, that's a tough one. You know, I want to. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm a long run, street smart. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, agree. I definitely would take street smarts. All yeah. right. So this question is formed differently per who I'm asking. So starting with you, Trey. Better home runs, Jordan Beck or yourself? Uh, Jordan Beck has definitely hit the furthest home runs I've ever seen with the loudest contact, but. I have a lot more to go off of, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well played, Drew. <laughs> Jordan Becker, yourself for home runs. Yeah, who who has better bombs? 
I mean, he's got a lot more than me, so I got to go with him. Because <laughs> the question was for him last episode, it was Luke or Beck. But I figured since y'all were both uh, home run hitters, we throw we throw y'all in the mix. All right, <laughs> would, would you rather lose your sight or lose your hearing? Uh, my hearing. Yeah, definitely my hearing. All right. Before I ask this next question, I I didn't want to ask it if you've been asked before, Drew. Were you, did we have the coma or jail question yet when you came around? Uh, if we did, I don't remember it. All right. Good. Perfect. So here we go. Trey, would you rather spend ten years in a coma or five years in prison? Prison. Yeah. Not 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 your county jail. Prison. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm going five years in prison because there's no telling what you're going to think after you come out that coma. Drew, but it can go, it can go either way. That's tough. Like, would I start? Would I be in the coma starting now? Yes. So you're going to be, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in your yeah. You're going to be in your thirties when you wake up. Five years in prison. Hopefully you're going to learn how to wrestle. I hope. Uh, hopefully you get trades your cellmate and you back each other up all right last one you know we talk about you guys aren't villains but you know evan says y'all like to embrace it or at least some of you do so that's why i'm asking this question so this is the final question trey do you like being the hero or would you rather be the villain definitely the villain yeah definitely the villain that's the only answer for Drew, man. That guy loved being the – I think he soaked it up, man. He loved it. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I'd want to be the villain myself. I mean, it's a it's a fun role to be in, but, I mean, you can't – I mean, is there a wrong answer, right? I mean, you, you, you can be one or the other no matter what. You got the spotlight. You're having fun. For sure. Well, fellas, we appreciate your time. Before we let you go, Trey, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, no, I'm all good this way. Man, we at least got to get your Instagram handle out there. I uh, T Lips Twenty Two is my Instagram. T Lips Twenty Two, go on there. I'm looking at it now. It's got some good content on there, so check that out. Drew, anything you want to plug or promote? I got nothing. Got nothing. You got, you got, t-shirt, you got right? t-shirts, bro. He's got. <laughs> you can't even, you know, throw out your shirts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should be all right. <laughs> Just whenever Dude. somebody hits a double, we prefer they hit the baby Sean. So we. Yeah. Ask. That's Hit it. the baby, John. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, fellas, again, thank you for your time. Keep being awesome. We'll keep watching, and we'll have you back after you win the World Series. Uh, awesome. No. All right. Well, we thank you guys for coming on. We're going to take a break, plug our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to dive into some college baseball. Base Sports Performance is an athlete and personal training facility located in Hernando, Mississippi that specializes in athletic development through strength and conditioning, speed and agility, and movement-based training. They offer individualized programs for adults as well as professional, collegiate, high school, and youth athletes. Some of their program options include athlete performance training, small group personal training, return from injury programs, throwing and pitching development for baseball players. The best place to check them out is on Instagram, at base underscore sports underscore performance. Website is basesportsperformance.com. Their email address is base period sports performance at gmail.com and phone number is 662-292-7761. I'm personally using them for a return from injury program and we have had many in off the bench guests who have used them for their pitching development. So check them out today.
Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. Me and Randy are going to discuss some college baseball. Randy, my man, you know, we've been doing these picks every week, and this week was your week, man. We, we put out 10 games. You went eight and two. How does it feel to sit at the top? You know, the crown, it needed to be on my head because I've been picking like some – I've been picking like Florida played this weekend, Jim. Not very Ooh. good. Ooh. Yes. Hey, man, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the episode. It, I mean, the, the helmet troll – it's just, I mean, epic. That's epic, man. From a guy coming from Lexington, Tennessee, you asked, he's trying to go in to Vanderbilt to get one game. Now they're sweeping everybody, wearing their helmets. You asked who else was wearing them. I know for a fact in the video clip you sent me, Christian Scott is next to him wearing one. And he deserved it. He should have been front and center after that, after the way he played. So we obviously know Tennessee baseball. We don't, we don't got to get into them. They're clear cut. Number one, they're tier above everyone else. So let's talk about the other guys. Let's start in the sec, man. How surprised are you by Arkansas? And, and I say it to you like that because in your eight and two record, you pick Texas A&M. So clearly you aren't too surprised, but I also know you believe in Arkansas. So, so why did you make that pick? And do you still believe in Arkansas is basically that next team to Tennessee? I do believe in Arkansas. Obviously, shout out, you know, with Brady Tiger being an off-the-bench guest. I believe in him. Pitching's good. Hitter's good. All up and down. Jalen Battles, all those guys. But Texas A&M is hot, man. They have beat some really good teams, won some good series, and I just felt like this was their tipping point. And it just goes to show to me how deep the SEC is that you got a team in Texas A&M that's barely in the top 25 now. Don't even think – they weren't even ranked in the D1 rankings last week. So now to have him at 21, I think it just shows how deep the SEC is, man. So, no, Arkansas is still good. A&M is just hot, man. You know, some could say they had a chip on their shoulder going into this weekend because there was a lot of people hot that they weren't in those rankings. And so uh, that may have helped fuel the fire a little bit. Um, you know, with that being said, they got Vandy coming up. And we know how much you dislike Vandy. So I assume you want these boys to stay hot and go ahead and get a sweep and just put Vandy out of misery absolutely i want vandy to continue to be shown as the fraud they are they're more worried about other people's teams than they are their own and maybe that's why they're just a mid-ass team in the sec because they crying too much worrying about stickers on bats jim <laughs> no doubt well let me tell you about the mississippi state old miss series you know i was there for all three games um you know somebody needed to win it or they were going to be at the bottom and obviously Mississippi State in uh, you know, stunning fashion, did it in extra innings. Um, electric atmosphere, it was fun to watch. Uh, you know, it felt like a rivalry, even though if you ask any Mississippi State player, Randy, and if you go all the way back to the Josh Hatcher episode, he said LSU is their rival, and, and they all feel that way. So it's not like football, but nonetheless, they are the in-state team, and you are in their house, so you want to beat them so – uh, Mississippi State did what they do because they've been owning Ole Miss for quite some time now. Got a huge uh, win, uh, won that series. So with that being said, we know Mississippi State uh, is in a better position. Can Ole Miss save themselves, or do you think they're done? They're done, man. It is a wrap. They have the, a tough end to their season as well. I don't see it getting any better for them. And, and I almost do. I, I, I see the way that the – Fan base is turning on Bianca. And I just want to point out that obviously you know, but I think fans tend to forget this. That guy built the program that they are. Have they had the World Series success? No. 
But, I mean, to think back to what they were before him, I'll just say this as a Tennessee football fan, that we got rid of a longtime guy that helped build that program. Be careful what you ask for, Ole Miss fans, because right now you're mad because you're not succeeding, but you could you spend years in mediocrity. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm, been, I'm, I'm living it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, th- those years are no fun. Uh, let's get one more game from the SEC, and then we'll turn to the overall top 25. Um, you know, me being an LSU guy, I tell you on a week-to-week basis, um, I don't know who they are. You tell me, you know, they got the talent, but that doesn't um, necessarily equate to winning winning games all the time. Um, they got Georgia this week, so you got a top 25 matchup. Both of them are, you know, that tier below Tennessee and Arkansas. You know, who do you got? It's at the box. Um, you know, do you think LSU can finally, you know, solidify that maybe they're that next team, you know, behind those other two and maybe Texas A&M? Yeah, I, I would – if gun to my head, I would definitely pick LSU to win the series just being at home, but I don't think Georgia's a slouch. I mean, they're dealing with some injuries, obviously, to their pitching staff. But if you look at it, I mean, obviously, LSU, they're just inconsistent. It's And I told you today in a text, it's just the it factor that I'm not seeing. I think they're crazy talented, and they just make – bonehead plays errors that you just can't see I don't understand why guys of that talent make it it's just a couple bad breaks here and there but even going back to this last weekend they get the sweep but they're playing a Missouri team that's that's bottom of the pack and they really didn't dominate them in a way that you would hope they would winning games eight six you know like yeah I mean they it was five three four three and eight six that's just not the kind of dominant performance you want to see obviously they're coming off of getting swept by Arkansas the weekend before I mean, so I, I, I think they're going to win the series, and I think they'll be fine, and maybe they'll get the momentum because, uh, obviously, you know better than anybody. Last year, Mississippi State wasn't dominating in the regular season and just got hot. LSU has absolutely that capability to do that, get hot at the right time. Well, they time. even got hot last year. Unfortunately, they just ran into your Tennessee <laughs> Vols, who were hotter. Yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw. We had to go ahead and retire old, you know. It's all good, man. We got nothing but love Sitting for you. But all out on a note like that, bro. Y'all foul. Paul Maneri spent a lot of time on the camera crying. And I understand he was very emotional guy and the fans were letting him have it. That could have been because of some things he said, but Hey, I think LSU is going to win the series and get back on track this weekend. You know, I said we were going to only do one more SEC and we weren't going to talk Tennessee, but they do have Auburn who has been hot, you know, on deck. Um, the, does Tennessee absolutely just, you know, roll through them like they have everybody else. Or do you think Auburn can actually give them some competition? Oh, man, I hope not, because obviously Auburn, you know, they've been hot lately, and I get it. And they, they beat – look, it's not just SEC. They beat a good Kennesaw State team. Obviously, you know, we, we know some guys on that team, right? And sweeping South Carolina, which, like you pointed out, is something that not a lot of teams have done. South Carolina's got some good series wins. But they're at Tennessee this weekend. Those guys are going to be clamoring to keep their foot on the gas. I like Tennessee not only winning the series, I like them sweeping it, but Auburn will make it competitive. Yeah, no, I got you. I'm I'm right there with you. I just, especially when you're playing at Tennessee, um, but you know, it's, it's not it's not even disrespect to Auburn. It's just, it's no. just Tennessee, Tennessee's that good. So, outside of uh, the SEC, you know, we got a big big matchup. We got Oklahoma State and Texas. We got number eight against number ten. Um, man, I've watched both these teams play. They both lack consistency, but got talent. You know, it's kind of like we were talking about with LSU, uh, very, very similar situations. Uh, both teams got a lot there, but um, can't seem to put it all together um, and lose a lot of games that they shouldn't. But with that being said, 
I'm going to go ahead and get your prediction. Before we do our ones that we do on social media, who you got in that series? I got Texas, man. I'm not – I hear what you're saying about Oklahoma State, and Texas has had some inconsistent moments. I just think Texas is better than Oklahoma State. I, I mean, I watched – you know, I watched Oklahoma State a few times this year. I mean, last last weekend playing TCU and winning the first game 13 to two and then coming back and losing two straight. I mean, that to me, that's not an elite level team. And I think Texas, with all the talent they have, and they're just always freaking there, man. They're the one team I think that Tennessee's had struggles with. So uh, I hate them and I hope Oklahoma State beats them. But <laughs> yeah, no matter I, I how much they've slid down when they were number one to number two, all the way to 10 now, if you look at their odds uh, in Vegas and their projections at Omaha, no one's changed it. Like they expect Texas to be there, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, the other huge matchup, man, and, you know, probably won't get enough attention because it seems like the, uh, you know, because I pay attention to all college baseball. It seems like the ACC doesn't get very much love. And uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, man, um, it's going down. Uh, I'm a firm believer in Virginia. I'm really surprised that they have uh, slid to, you know, 11. I say, I say that as if that's like something drastic, but they were the number two team. Um, Virginia Tech has gotten red hot. You know, um, Virginia Tech's got to come to Virginia. Who you got in that series? I'm going to go Virginia Tech, and I'm going to tell you why. Because a couple weeks ago, I think I went like five and five or something, and I, I was a dummy, and I picked Miami, and Virginia Tech just like beat their ass for two straight games and gave up the Sunday series. But I'm not going against Virginia Tech until they prove me wrong now. I feel you. Somehow Miami snuck back up in there, the three. You know, me and Daniel call them fraud you, so we need somebody. I didn't even look to see they're playing this week, but I, whoever they're playing, I'm, pick, I'm picking to beat them. Um. So not at Georgia Tech. Oh, that's actually a good team. Get I'm putting it, I'm putting it on the slate for everybody to pick, and I'm taking Georgia Tech right now. Let me hey, ask I got a question. I got a question for you. So obviously, Mississippi State Ole Miss, they had the series this last weekend, but they're playing again Wednesday, right? In the Governor's, Governor's Cup. Cup. Yeah. I mean, can, can if Ole Miss does happen to win the game, I mean, do they think of that as like a like a they split the series type of thing? No, because they're looking at it just like the midweek game. Because if you look at the starters, um, like for instance, Mississippi State's rolling out Mikey Tepper. He's a uh, bullpen guy that usually throws you two innings top. So it is a straight bullpen game. Clearly, they're gonna. Um, I would even expect uh, no joke. If you want to pay attention, Randy. Lane Forsyth, the shortstop, will get an inning or two in there. He's done it a few times this year. They're gonna they're gonna go straight bullpen because uh, they used up all their arms this weekend, and Ole Miss did as well. Um, so I think that's why maybe that game's looked at it a little differently. It's not a part of the weekend series. It's a midweek game. It's gonna be a bullpen game for both teams. Um, expect a lot of runs. And they don't even count it as an SEC win or a loss. It'll just be an overall loss because it's the Governor's Cup thing, yeah. which is it gets weird. good. At it gets good attendance down there in Pearl. And speaking of Pearl, that was actually where I was going to go with you, Southern Miss, Randy. I, I honestly, I've had multiple friends text me and tell me how legit they are. But the only problem is I've only seen them play two games. I watched them play Mississippi State and I watched them play Ole Miss, who have not been that great this year. So, like, have you know, based upon numbers. They seem legit. Do you think without us being able to see much of them, do you do you think Southern Miss can make a run? I do think they have the ability to make a run. There's a couple things that concern me about that. Obviously, you know, they got Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but the, they also got swept by Dallas Baptist. And I know our boy DB ain't on here, but I think that what we've seen is that DBU is not as good as he wanted them to be, man. They're, they're kind of like frauds, bro. Luckily, luckily that wasn't luckily that wasn't one of my Omaha picks. So like, cause that was my first thought. They they have not met expectations at all. 
it does seem to me like the one thing that Southern Miss loves doing is playing the SEC because they not only have beat Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they've also beat Alabama. I mean, those guys love playing against the SEC. If they, and it could be that we only see one regional host in the state of Mississippi, yeah, and it will and, not be Ole Miss or Mississippi State. And that's what I was going to say. If they do, in fact, end up hosting a regional as they should, um, and Mississippi State or Ole Miss does find a way to get in, it is only fitting that they have to put them in that bracket. They got, they got Absolutely. to. And, you know, Southern Miss gets another crack at Ole Miss. That's what I'm saying about Ole Miss. They're, I don't see a way for them to get there because on top of them finishing – and the SEC, they still have to play Southern Miss again at Southern Miss. Yeah, true. Tough, man. I don't see it happen. It ain't ending well for the boys down in uh, Oxford, Mississippi. Well, I mean, they got and they got Arkansas at Arkansas next. So I, I actually think it's going to be done after this upcoming week because Arkansas, you know, is looking to bounce back too, and they're going to be at home. Like it's yeah, it's it's probably curtains. But I will say one thing about Ole Miss, and and I and it has nothing to do with the fact that he was in off the bench guest. Jacob Gonzalez, bro, is the idea that, you know, him and Dylan Cruz would be top 10 picks. I've seen it. It's not, it's not my opinion. They would be top 10 picks, but are not draft eligible. That's sad, man. They got, I, like, it's great for those programs. They get those guys back, but Jacob Gonzalez doesn't need to be here anymore. He's a pro's pro. Let's just talk about it for a second. You're talking about at Arkansas, Arkansas looking to bounce back. Then Ole Miss has Missouri. You figure they, I mean, that's, they could should win the series. Then they're at Southern Miss. Then they're at LSU, at Arkansas State, and then back home to end against A and M. I I just don't. Ugh. I mean, that's I don't see it. I said one series that they should win is Missouri at home, but I mean, is that even a given now? No, but I mean, yeah. Even if you get that one, I don't think they get any other ones. LSU's their best shot, but uh, you know. I, I don't know, man, because, like, it's at the box. If A&M stays hot, I don't – it's tough. And, you know, Mississippi State, the, theirs is actually favorable minus t- Tennessee's got to come to town. So, that's why they need to take care of business and all these other ones. Now, you said Florida wasn't favorable, but I do – I don't feel like I'm being biased. I just – I don't think Florida is that good. I don't know how a team year to year can be so overrated, but they manage to do it every well, year. You're right. I hear you, but they got so at Missouri. You figure Mississippi State can sweep that. Then you're then you got Florida at home. Say you win that series. Your last two are at A and M and and Tennessee at home. That's a tough way to end it. Man, it's, the the SEC is wild. It could end up winning way, shape, or form. It's uh, but I think it's what we talked about. Tennessee's tier one, Arkansas's tier two, and then the rest. You know, scratching and clawing. You know, doing whatever they can. Uh, but you know, as long as Tennessee stays healthy, I think. And none of this matters. <laughs> like, and you think you've you've said this plenty of times before. Not only Tennessee stays healthy, but Tennessee's getting more healthy, right? You got obviously, you know, they're talking about Halverson just might make a comeback during the season now. You got Tidwell pitching great this past weekend. You got Dolander that's gonna come back this next weekend. So I mean, they're not they're sitting in the catbird seat for a lot of reasons. Obviously, you're 37 and 3, 17 and 1, but you're getting those arms back. I mean, it's almost unfair. The and you got still Redmond Walsh doing his thing, all the guys coming in from the bullpen. It's not just that freshman and sophomore starters they got. They're stacked up and down the lineup, the yeah, offense, soul, the Joyce, defense, all of the them freaking the bullpen. bullpen. My goodness. Yeah, and uh, you know, Dolander, you know, he said that he'd be back this next weekend more than likely. So um, you know, and I asked you, and Blade looked sharp. Like, I, Randy, I still don't know how this works out. I'm not Tony B, man. I, I don't know how you work the four of those guys. Like, I, I, I just don't know. 
You know what Tony V is going to do? He's going to look over to Frank Anderson and say, hey, Frank, it's your call. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with I, this. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and raise some money for chest bumps. I, I think, man, I don't know. Is it – I mean, is it beneficial to just have Blade be your first guy out the pen every game? It could be, but I think there's something to it. When Drew Beam said, I'm happy to give up my Sunday spot, you know, for Blade to come in, I feel like that because Drew – obviously – Blaze gonna he's still drafted. He's draft eligible. He's still in the top first round. I mean, that guy's there. So I think that for one, it shows the culture we talked about. But for two, it shows that Drew Beam is willing to come out of the pen. He's comfortable with that position. And I think Blade, he wants to start. He wants to he wants to rock. Well, I mean, they all that, do, right? If that does become the case, and especially since Dolander has taken a break, I don't think it would be the Sunday starter. I think he'd probably fall into the Saturday role and Dolander would go back to the Sunday but man what we've talked about it's just the luxury like I mean don't doesn't every coach wish they had this problem I mean Mississippi State I'm watching them just trying to throw out anybody and everybody they can all weekend right and hey can you throw come on (laughs) first got a volunteer man you got it like I I made a joke in real time I actually didn't tell you tell you guys about it if Casey Hunt can't make it through the rest of that game uh Randy and you know they're already in the 11th inning um and Mikey Tepper was already going to be the guy like I said who was going to do their midweek start their midweek game it, they would have had to use him and they would have had nobody left and I made a joke because Landon Sims is over there on first base and I said what if he just like because he you know he wanted it so badly he just he just took the brace off and said let me throw <laughs> I was like it'd be the most magical thing ever no absolutely hey real quick I was looking this past week obviously we followed D1 pretty pretty heavily but uh at the beginning of the year when Tennessee had their first series and they played Dolander's old team in Georgia Southern, you know, Tennessee swept them and they did it in dominating fashion, 9-0, 10-3, and 14 to nothing. Everybody said, well, that's Georgia Southern. They're garbage. Guess who now is ranked in the top 25 in the D1 rankings? Yeah, 24. And if you look up and down their season, you got Texas State. They went to Texas State, won that series, and Texas State's been in the top 10 for a lot of the years. I mean, they played South Alabama, swept in Louisiana, Arkansas State. That's a good Appalachian State. Georgia, they played Georgia. They beat Georgia 13 to 5, Jim. I mean, this team, that's how it shows, for one, how good Georgia Southern is, but it also shows how dominant Tennessee is and how dominant. We talked about it with the the South Carolina thing because they took the series from Texas, Bandy, and Florida, and everything else, but then they made South Carolina, you know, I mean, they dismissed them effortlessly so i mean it it really is man it's it's not it's not beating a dead horse man it's it's them and then it's everyone else i think you know oregon state um is sitting there in the two spot they they've earned that spot it'll be interesting to see i'm a big believer in stanford as you know um a lot of that has to do with i watched them last year they returned to uh, a lot of guys i i I tell you randy i would i'd be able to tell you more about these guys if every uh conference streamed like the sec does Watching wow. watching an ACC or a Pac-12 game on ESPN Plus, um, you need binoculars to watch the TV, bro. Like, what, I agree. what is going on? I agree. That's the SEC is king, man. I mean, they got better. Can't look. That's how spoiled we are, right? I was watching Tennessee a couple weeks ago, and they it was raining before, so one, only one camera was working, and it was like first world problems. I was like, what is this garbage? <laughs> I mean, they didn't even have to score up when I'm sitting there watching the top 25 matchup in the ACC. I'm like, bro, I can't even get the score. I don't got a pitch count. Like, and then the commentators, I don't even think they were talking about the game. I don't know what. The, I think they're talking about where they're going to eat afterwards. <laughs> Probably so. 
the SEC is king, man, top to bottom. Even the, I mean, you look at it, the Missouri. Missouri is the last place team in the SEC down there with Ole Miss, but Missouri played Tennessee for two out of the three games. Super tough, man. I mean, so the talent is it's there. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a fun race uh, to see. Um, you know, who can, who can scratch and claw and find themselves in a better position. Like you said, when we talked about a lot of these matchups down the stretch with, uh, these SEC guys, uh, we'll see what it is, but it, it, it's clear, especially if Arkansas puts Ole Miss away, I, I feel like it's Tennessee, then it's Arkansas and then, it, and then it's everybody else, but, uh, it'll be interesting to put the picks on social media, man. Uh, I'm going to get back in my first place, uh, spot. So enjoy it for a week. It won't be there next time. I uh, will see about that. I'm not picking Miami again. I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, no. speaking of the SEC, though, I got to give a shout out. We shared it on social media. You shared it to our and off the bench page. Went down to Starkville this weekend. Uh, my daughter went down to obviously watch the Mississippi State Auburn game. Did not go the way that uh, Mississippi State would have wanted to go. They end up losing nine to two. But our girl, Briley St. Clair, uh, obviously a, a guest on the show, she was couldn't be more gracious. Obviously, she's they're all getting, you know, uh, surrounded by kids and sign balls and everything. Riley, you know, she said, hey, meet me around by the bullpen. We'll take some pictures and we can talk for a minute. So just for her to take that time to know that she was making uh, a, a young softball, you know, hopefully Lila wants to play at that level one day to be around her to spend some time and then get to go to the Mississippi State camp afterwards and be coached by their the same coaches that coach Briley. It was an awesome experience for my 12 year old. So shout out not only to Briley St. Clair, but the whole Mississippi State softball coaching staff, the whole facility is great. Just like, you know, it's look, they got a great campus down there, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I've been telling you about. And I'm glad you got to experience, you know, whether we've gone and seen Kaya Johnson down at LSU, obviously I could go through all the baseball guys, but since we're talking about our daughters, you know, my daughter getting to meet the LSU players and go down there and watch them. And then now she's being trained by Grace Storty from Memphis, who is a guest. So, I mean, it's just really cool that not only do we get these stories, but we get to interact with them. We get to see them. Our, our kids get to learn from them. And, uh, and while we're shouting out SEC female guest a year ago today, Randy, uh, Johnny Teeler and Maddie Berez won a national championship in volleyball. So shout out to their year anniversary. I'm sure they're celebrating it up. Um, Shout but, out. But I think that, man, I think we've covered it all. I'm, man, I'm stoked and ready to uh, to get to Brady Tiger next week. But, man, it's always fun having these Tennessee cats. You know, maybe the rest of the nation doesn't like them, but we love them. Speaking of Brady, man, last time he was on here, he was a boy. And, man, is he a, is he a man now, Jim? He's a man, and I can't wait to ask him what he's saying to himself because that these video clips that are going out, He's mumbling something and he looks so angry. Um, I don't know if it's if it's cuss words. Maybe he's praying. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to assume negative. But you see I, working on that arm sleeve too. That tattoo's got got man. Yeah, that's a different he, cat. His dad said that's that's all me. But you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good influence. Yes, sir. But yeah, no, he's he's been absolutely legit. So look forward to that. And uh, man, it's been fun with all these Tennessee guys. And hopefully, uh, we get to bring them back for. Talk about a national championship. Absolutely. Well, Randy, that was another amazing episode with our guests, Drew Gilbert and Trey Lipscomb. If you like hearing their stories or you just like hearing Average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast from. 
We'll see you again next week for episode 17 with star closer from the University of Arkansas, Mr. Brady Tiger. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. And as always, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.